2: Hey, Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast, episode 52. As always, I'm your boy, Hirsch, and with me are my two sick co-hosts, both of them, the Hype Man, Wes. What's good, Gator Nation? And CJ, the man, McCann. What's going on, guys? Guys, these guys the are both, here. yeah, they're both going through the flu game <laughs> at the same time. Uh, the Hype Man's COVID positive out there. He, he's, he's in isolation, you know, trying to be ready. It's, it's camp week, baby. We're in, we're, football is upon us, and everybody has to be full strength, even, even the hype, man. He's fighting through it to be here for y'all tonight. We're going to talk about a few things, man. As always, guys, be sure you go out there and download us wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you're watching us on YouTube, and maybe this is your first time checking us out, guys, go ahead and subscribe down to the channel below. And it's a good time to do it. It's the first of the month. And it's time for a new giveaway from our friends at Alma Mater. This month, we're going to be giving away the swinging gator hat. You can see it right there. Still got the stickers on it. Thanks to our good friends at Alma Mater for sending me this hat to do in a giveaway. If you're listening on the podcast and you're like, I don't know what the hat looks like. hers check us out on YouTube. You'll see it. Or I'll post pictures on the social media so you'll know which hat we're talking about. It's the uh, Royal Blue Swinging Gator Hat. Um... All you have to do, guys, the rules are always the same as they were before. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Drop a like on each video and leave a comment down below. Maybe a question. Maybe just say go Gators. Maybe tell Wes to get Wells. Tell CJ to feel better. These guys are suffering for y'all, man. They're out here in the trenches. All right, boys. Well, the grill in the bill has come and gone. And now football is live we are we are on the home stretch the road to utah as we'll call it from here until uh week one but first we're gonna talk real quick about grilling the ville i mean i know you've probably already heard results here there and everywhere but we're gonna we're gonna talk a little in depth about it we're gonna start with some negative and we're gonna start with some no-shows now i told y'all on last episode we'd have some no-shows um But a couple of these no-shows weren't for reasons that we anticipated being no-shows. Now, one, we're going to start with it. We said it. If the kid shows up, Jamari Howard, once again, he no-showed Gainesville, um, showed up in Tallahassee. I think we're officially putting Jamari Howard on a goodbye watch. We're not going to waste any more energy here on him. Um, We've said over and over again, the kid really likes FSU. He's a lifelong FSU fan. It is what it is, guys. I mean, you, you, you're you going to lose some of these battles. It kind of sucks. Obviously, FSU just pulled Charles Lester in, five-star corner. Uh, they can look to have a really good secondary class, especially if they, they end up getting K.J. Bolden here in a couple of days, too. Let's, uh, This might be one of the few times in life I start rooting for Hugh Freeze over there on the plains at Auburn. Um, So, obviously, Jamari Howard is a no-go. Another kid that we were really hoping would show up, we talked about him, five-star defensive back, DJ Pickett, out of Zephyr Hills down there uh, near Tampa. I, a lot of y'all corrected me last week and said, hey guys, Zephyr Hills isn't Tampa. Twenty twenty-five So, so um, you know, I, I stand corrected. I'm a Georgia boy. I don't live in Florida, so I, I'll get my facts straight, guys. Bear with me. I got you. But DJ Pickett, didn't show up. A lot of rumors were he might go up to Michigan. His mother is a Michigan graduate. Therefore, Michigan is very much in the picture with a young man. Some other rumors said he may show up at Tallahassee. But no, the kid showed up in Miami. Don't know a whole lot what's going on there. He's made a few trips to Florida already. Obviously, West just mentioned this is a, a five-star 2025 kid. Um, but always concerned when you think a kid's going to show up and he doesn't. Corey Raymond company got a little bit of work here left to do on this secondary uh, CJ. Are, are you concerned that DJ Pickett no show on the grill in the bill?
0: It's, it's too early to be concerned. This uh, He's got, I'm not worried about 2025 20, kids as much right now. Um, he's got a while to go. We're still going to recruit him and he's going to take visits other places. You're going to have to beat Miami. You're going to have to beat Florida state. You're going to have to beat Michigan. Um, you know, so I don't. I don't think there's any reason to panic uh, for this. I mean, I understand. You know, you want him here for sure, but you know, he's a 2025 kid. There's still a lot more time to work. Um, you know, Corey Raymond wants him. We're going to recruit him hard still. So just be patient. You know, I'm not. I'm not pushing a panic button on on anything 2025 yet. Um, so you know, we'll see how it works out. I mean, like I said, you're going to have to beat these other schools. He's going to take other visits. We're just going to have to be patient again. Like, you know, we've been saying for a long time, you know, in this season, it seems like it's paying off with the recruiting class. So, um, that's the one thing I would say is just everybody keep patient.
2: Yeah. Another, uh, thing to mention real quick about DJ, uh, you know, most services have him listed as a safety The word is that we're recruiting him as a corner that Corey likes the way he looks as a cornerback. So something to keep in mind going forward. Um, Wes, any any thoughts on Jamari Howard? No, no show in this event. I mean,
1: I know nah, you've I was, been kind of
2: skeptical for a minute here.
1: Yeah, I I've always been skeptical of the kid for not coming in. Uh this is kind of strike three. Uh this is the third time. Uh so might will get that out of my head. He's not coming here. Uh he's probably going to FSU as we thought. That was his dream school. Uh it worked out for them. Uh he went he went there this past weekend, so that's kind of Setting up to where he's probably going to be in that class, so um, never was. Uh, always was kind of tentative from the thing I was he- the things I was hearing about him. Uh, uh, if he came, then I would have been you know excited and say we had a chance. But the fact that uh, this is the third time he didn't come, uh, kind of the writing is on the wall with that.
2: One. Yeah. So, hey, one man out, another man up. Wardell Mack was in town, cornerback out of Louisiana. Um, and word on the street is the Gators made a great impression on that young man right there. Um, a lot of people right now that were familiar with the visit feel like the Gators now might be in the driver's seat for Wardell Mack. Uh, now, there's the main competition here is Texas, LSU, two big schools, obviously, LSU, the home school you never quite feel good about a Louisiana kid not going to LSU, but the word is they're, they're kind of, you know, they just landed the young man um out of Orlando, cornerback out of Orlando. So they might not have room for Wardell Mac as it stands right now. Now, obviously as Texas is involved, you always get a little concerned there because Texas, obviously we saw it with DeAndre Robinson. If they want a kid, they're going, they're going to do what it need what they need to do. But, this is another situation where Corey Raymond has been on this kid. He's talked to this kid. They they've talked a lot. A lot of schools see him as a safety. Word is that maybe even LSU in Texas see him more as a safety. And this is another kid that Raymond sees maybe as a corner, possibly a star. You know, he can he can he's got flexibility. Uh CJ, what are your feelings on? I know we talked about this last week. You said, hey, you would take the kid. So I mean, you like this, this. Situation,
0: yeah, I I love the the situation. I'd like to have him. Um, I think looking at our cornerback class right now, we've got plenty of room for him, especially with Jamari Howard off the table now. Um, It doesn't seem like there's anything holding him back from being here. I think that uh, I think Billy Napier really likes him, from what I understand. So um, that that's going to go a long way when the head coach really wants you. Um, But I'm still, you know, the national media is really really high on Texas getting him. Uh, the national writers kind of feel like they lead. Um, and, and that's not, you know, to say it's a death nail uh, because you know, we've seen them be wrong before. Like, especially last year, we saw that with uh on Webb. you know, they had him, everybody had him going to Penn state. Um, uh, the same,
2: the same man that just recently predicted him to go to Texas predicted DJ to go to uh, USC as well. So, <laughs>
0: right. I mean, so, you know, that's, you, I would listen to the news that comes out of our camp. Specifically, I'd listen to what Rudner's got to say or what Higdon's got to say. Um, those guys would be, to me, get you a better feeling of of how this works as opposed to the national media guys. Um, but definitely I would love to have him. I think he's got a good frame. He's, you know, the, what I've seen of him. I like Louisiana cornerbacks. I think Louisiana produces great DBs. um You know, Corey Raymond has done a lot with those kids. So, I think that he could come in and definitely play a role here because um, we're going to kind of go through a shift next year. You've got a few upperclassmen guys that are going to be gone, and you're going to really lean on Jakeem Jackson and Devin Moore and Dijon Johnson, so you're going to need some more defensive backs to kind of come in because we're pretty much flipping the whole room at this point. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like to have him um, again, and I'm not so much down on the other guys in our class. I think that I think that Teddy Foster will probably be a four-star before it's all said and done this season. Um, I think he's going to rise. I mean, to be a three-star and only play one season of football means there's obviously something there right off the rip. Um, but definitely Wardell Mack. Sounds like we made some good impressions on him, um, and I, I hope we can close it out. I uh, heard somewhere that he wants to commit before his season starts. Um, you know, high school football is starting within the next couple of weeks. Some some teams are starting you know scrimmage games this week. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens for sure. But uh, I think we're gonna have to see him make. I think he's gonna make a decision sooner than later.
2: Yeah, I've, we've we've both heard all that that he's looking probably to make his decision here right before his first game. So we're gonna know, like you said, sooner than later. And then we're gonna have to either we'll have our man in, and then we'll be all in on Zay Mincy, who did go to Miami this weekend. He did not. He did not show up at Florida, but that was the staff knew. And those close to the program still feel very, very good about Zay Mincy and LJ McCray. Furthermore, that went and visited Georgia over the weekend after making the one day trip to Gainesville last Wednesday. Um, I know that's not ideal guys. I know a lot of people listening be like, man, it's never good. You're, you're, you're two of your, you're probably your top two targets left on the board for your grill in the Ville ones in Miami and ones at Georgia. I mean, you know, um, Yeah, it's not. It's not ideal. We're not going to sugarcoat that and sit here and say, well, you know, who cares, man? At the end of the day, it's where they commit to. No, the the visits matter. Absolutely. But as of now, given communications that staff has had with these two young men, they still feel like they're in the best spot possible. Uh, There was a lot of optimism after L.J. McRae's visit midweek last week when he left campus that, uh, the Gators have really, really put have put themselves in the driver's seat for L.J. McCray. Now, we don't have timetables on those two young men. You hear something different every week. Um, all you can do is just keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing, and then hopefully, you know, you reach that spot. Maybe you come out, look great here early in the season as as a team, and, and those guys go ahead and jump in the class. Um, the staff's not going to give up on them. One other guy they're not going to give up on, and boy, we've talked about him enough. But we're going to talk about him a little bit again. Uh, Jeremiah Smith, of course, came right back into town Sunday, spent the night, hung out with DJ all day as they watched the Gators' first practice. Um, of course, he went. He was in Tallahassee for their little event and left, and came right on over to Gainesville and spent some time with us. Guys, I'm not. I'm not here to sit here and say, oh, you know we're in a better position now than we were before he showed up. The theme remains the same, and we're going to keep saying it. We're going to keep saying it. We're going to keep saying it. If Brian Hartline stays at Ohio State, the chances of Jeremiah Smith signing with Ohio State is extremely high. Um, But the staff is doing its due diligence, man. I mean, and that, you know, you can't think for one second that they're not sitting there telling that guy, hey, no, Brian Hartline might not be there much longer. You got to, you got to think about that. Um, Wes, I know you've been skeptical since day one about Jeremiah Smith coming to Florida, but w- what, what is your feeling with this going forward?
1: I've always said uh, to let fans know he's not uh, a typical DB that not a typical DB the DB that we were trying to get
2: wide at- receiver. Yeah,
1: no 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 he's not that db that we were trying to get last
2: oh 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 I got what you're saying yeah
1: this this five star is all about development he's not about I'm he's not
2: he's not about the money
1: yeah (laughs) he's gonna get his money regardless and he knows that but this kid has his mind on uh his his head is on the shoulders right he wants to get developed uh and go to the NFL um, and he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be happy at. He, he, he has, he, he has basically has a business plan for himself and he's trying to make sure, uh, that he takes all the steps to make sure that comes into fruition. And you have to respect him for that. And him going to higher state right now is putting himself in the best position to excel at the next level. And that's his goal. And you have to respect that. So our chances not only hinges on. Uh, whether hotline leaves but i always felt and he said this this week week after in his ex interview with a couple of reporters that he wants to see how the season goes and it's not in terms of wins and losses to me in in my opinion because he knows we're not going to compete for a national championship this year he wants to see how the receivers do he wants to see how Billy Gonzalez developed the receivers and if i said this before with uh, uh you've you've had uh, some guys van jefferson, Uh, and some guys uh, reached out to him and tell him uh, about Billy G when he was on campus back. Uh, I can't remember. It might have been early, whenever it was, January, December, whenever it was when he was here early. Those guys reached out to him and talked to him and and told him that Billy G is really, really, really good at what he does. He develops guys. And this guy is probably going to be in the NFL regardless, but he also wants to get developed. And uh, he wants to see, in my opinion, this is me, my opinion, if Andy Jean Wilson go out there and ball and put up 30, 40 catches apiece, 600 yards maybe, 500 yards, seven, six touchdowns as freshmen, either one of them, If, if it doesn't have to be both, but if, if you get two of those guys with full 400, 500 yards and and making plays out there and getting developed and he sees that, that may be something he wants to be a part of. And, and to me, it, it hinges on not only line but what our young riders he was developing to. And and I, I'm not even going to say um, – I'm not going to take Caleb Douglas out of it because he'll be a sophomore next year. Oh, We're well, just coming up – just come up in a couple of weeks he'll be a sophomore. <laughs> the season's about to start. So he's a young guy. So Caleb Douglas uh, and, and and Wilson and Annie Jean and Myzel, what those guys do in producing how they develop will be key into Jeremiah Smith's decision as well. But I'm still at 20%. <laughs> Real
2: quick, <laughs> CJ, before I, I, I hit you on this, just – um, if y'all get a chance, go check out uh, Allie Pete Wilbur's interview with Zach Smith that she did this week. Uh, Zach knows both Billy and Hartline and speaks a little bit more in depth about both and and covers Jeremiah Smith's recruitment very up and close and, and what both those coaches bring to the table and what Jeremiah Smith may be looking for. Uh, very interesting to hear from someone who has firsthand knowledge of, of both individuals. CJ, a few weeks ago, you were real confident about Jeremiah Smith. Um, probably the first time I'd ever heard you confident about him. What is your take on him as of right now? Yeah, me too. I, <laughs> I, I, I,
0: I think we, I think we have about a snowball's chance in hell of getting Jeremiah Smith. I think unless something happens with Hartline, but everything I'm hearing is if Ryan Day goes into Ann Arbor this year and gets his ass kicked again, Ohio State might be making Brian Hartline the new head coach. And if that happens, it you know <laughs> it's really done. Uh I, I've heard that, that that Hartline is head coach and waiting for a while. I could see Ryan Day even even maybe the NFL calls him and gives him the job. But everything I've heard is Heartline really doesn't want another job other than Ohio State. Um, maybe Miami, I think is a, is the other one. But you know,
2: something and- Zach mentioned, and I hate to cut you off there. Something Zach actually mentioned that I had not heard about Heartline was he's very much an NFL guy. Yeah, and his and his heart eventually might actually be the NFL. But I could absolutely see him having a handshake. Wink wink deal in place at Ohio State that if something happened today, he would he might be the next guy in line there.
0: That's just what I've heard. Uh, I don't know, I'm not an Ohio State guy, but I feel like that was (laughs) that makes the most sense. We know Ohio State, Ohio State aside from Urban Meyer, they've been pretty well hiring with within for a long time. That's just what Ohio State does. So, um, I think I take a lot of stock into that. You know, we've got a chance to get him it's going to take something really drastic changing his mind because it's not money, you know, and even I think, you know, what's, what's, what's the case scenario. I mean, I don't even know if winning a national championship would, you know, change his mind. I don't know. I think the kid is that locked in. He really likes Brian Hartline, you know, and I completely understand that when you're putting a guy in the first round of the NFL draft every stinking year, at a wide receiver position, you know, how do you how do you not go to Ohio State? Um, so, you know, I, I just I just understand you know where we sit now. Um, it just is what it is. I think the kids really liked him with Ohio State. He really gave everybody else a chance to to pitch and sell him, and he really liked enjoyed you know coming to people's schools and eating their honey fried chicken. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Especially when you give him 10,000 reasons to like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that tastes really good. (laughs) It tastes really good when you got 10,000 reasons to eat it. Um, So, yeah, that's where I'm at with Jeremiah Smith. Never say never for sure. There's there's always things that could change your mind. But I I just don't – right now I don't see it happening. Um, You know, Florida's going to have to get another wide receiver. Um, We've heard that they're still trying to talk to T.J. Moore. Reports have come out about that. Um, I think even I want to say Cam Coleman has come up.
2: Yeah. um, It looks like those might be the primary three right now. It looks like for right now, the chance Robinson ship has kind of sailed.
0: I think there's a better chance that chance Robinson flips to Ohio state right now than there is to us based on what I've seen. So who knows?
2: Yeah. Um, A couple of, of 2025 kids that showed up that I I just want to cover real quick before we move on. Um, one, Waltez Clark, running back out of out of plant high school down there in Tampa, had a really, really good time. Said Florida was very high in his, you know, up on his list. Um, I don't have a timetable on him to commit, but I wouldn't look at Waltez Clark maybe right now as, as possibility to be running back one in next year's class as we try to find us a, a couple, of, probably two good running backs in next year's class, I would assume as of right now, given the numbers. Um, and a couple of offensive linemen, we talked about the group of offensive linemen that came in, uh, one being Solomon Thomas, uh, offensive tackle out of Jacksonville over there, really, really good friends with Roger Kearney, had a great time, said that the atmosphere and the feeling at Florida was was different than any time he had ever been there before, really enjoyed it. Um, said we're going to be right there fighting for his services. Obviously, that's a great thing to hear. You want to, you know, we got to get some of these higher-rated lo- offensive linemen. I know Wes would be really happy if we could pull one of these kids. Another one that really seemed to have a good time, and if you saw any of the pictures uh, from the weekend, this this young man stood out like a sore thumb. Uh, Owen Staybig, the offensive lineman out of Wisconsin, and you know them Wisconsin boys are always big anyway that joker, 6'8", right at 300 pounds, and he was every bit of 6'8", next to everyone else in those in those group pictures that they took over the weekend when they were broke out in the little team exercises and things like that. This was like his third trip to Gainesville. I did not even realize he had been here two other times. Um, but, you know, for a Wisconsin kid to make that kind of commitment to come down to your campus multiple times – uh, that is another offensive lineman that you should really keep an eye on.
0: I, I think I, I think he mentioned his dad works in Florida a lot. Oh, does he? I missed that comment. Yeah, yeah. he mentioned that his dad works in Florida, so he's in Florida a lot. That's the even anyway. better reason. <laughs> and I think I'm pretty sure he was the one that mentioned that. That you know everybody was like, "Why are you coming to Florida so much?" He's like, "Well, my dad works in Florida." I missed you know, that seven, comment. But so yeah. he says, "I'm there seven eight weeks out of the year anyway." So well,
2: that's excellent. Even better news. Um Obviously, he fits all the frames of what Stapleton and uh, Sale like in their linemen, the, the big, tall guys with huge reach. Um, I mean, this is a kid that's going into his junior year of high school, so at 6'8", 295 is what I saw him listed at the other day. You can only imagine what that kid's going to be like by the time he has a couple more Wisconsin winners in <laughs> football seasons. He's going to be a monster. So, that would be a kid I would really urge you maybe to keep your eye on. Owen, stay big out of Wisconsin. Big old boy. Um, like we said last week on the show, man, we really like to see us get on some of these offensive linemen and get a couple in the class early. Like I said, I know Wes would be very relieved. Wes, Wes is clamoring for those big-time offensive linemen. Guys, that's really going to do it for for the recruiting right now. We're kind of in the dead period. Schools are back at practice. So information probably not, you know, flowing as heavy right now. After all these events, these schools just held. Um, But as always, if anything pops up, anything of note, any new guys come up onto the board. I mean, we're only talking about four to five spots left in this class. So if we saw Warren Dale Mack commit to us here in a week or two, that, one less spot, and then we're just talking about, you know, we're talking about Zay, we're talking about LJ, and then, you know, a couple other guys that we're after, whether it be Seaton on the offensive line, who I know Wes will be ecstatic about if we could get that young man, but he's going to visit for a game in the fall. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting to see how these last four to five spots play out as the Florida Gators hold real tight at number three in the in the recruiting rankings. So, guys, it's excitement time, man. Practice has begun. Coach Speak is out there. We got guys at the podium giving us quotes. Um, I know everybody was very excited, ex- except UGA fans this week to hear all you know to hear Coach Armstrong come up and say we're going to hunt. How dare he use that term? <laughs> if you if you're listening, CJ is just shaking his head right now. CJ gets so frustrated at these guys that get, <laughs> they get bit out of shape. Over these kind of comments, um, I like to see the fire. We've talked about Coach Armstrong before and how we loved his fire. And it's absolutely great to hear comments like that. I don't care what any opposing team fan base says. Um, I really believe you're going to see the heat being brought week one as we go up there to take on Utah. Um, you know, And then you had Billy take podium day one talking about the strength and conditioning program and what a difference you've seen in these kids from, you know, the end of last season until now. And you just heard him talk about, and you had to really cut through some of it to listen to him talking about uh, this young man had put on so many pounds of lean muscle mass and lost, you know, and that's, and that might be a guy that had lost weight. You have to go and look at the chart and it says, oh, he's down pounds, but he put on so many pounds of lean muscle mass. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's just crazy how many kids Billy listed at his press conference off the top of his head. Wes, how excited are you to see the transformation in this team? It really seems like these boys are are 100% bought in.
1: Yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I, I'm, I'm – I love it. I know some people. Even I—I I don't want to say just the regular fans. Me as myself, I kind of was skeptical about uh, having a new strength and conditioning coach. That was a big topic. Everybody wanted to keep the previous guy because we saw the uh, the, the pictures online of I remember Copeland and all those guys. <laughs> we were like, "Damn, we got a real." Because we were, and it was because of what Macklin and that staff did uh when those guys, oh, yeah, yeah, those guys were talking about they would go to the free weight gym and all these other places to work out <laughs> because the strength and conditioning program was so bad and, and everybody wanted to just like keep him and and now we're hearing all these good things and seeing that that hey this new strength coach that uh coach brought in is not half bad, you know, he's good then uh he, and then that goes to show that they could always had a plan. Um, he's not just going to bring somebody in just to bring somebody in he, he's, he's big in sports science and to me in today's sports you have to be into sports science that means you're sleeping right are you eating right are uh, you resting right all that, all that stuff and and, and and that goes to me always saying about Napier and his plan and his overview of, of being a CEO of this program he's the the, the a great CEO he brought in somebody not just that the main tr- head coach I'm a main strength CEO guy, but his assistants, all these guys work together in unison to get these guys in the best shape that they can be in. And it's about the guys buying in and doing their part as well. And from what you just said, which, uh, which I watched the press conferences with myself, and when they were just calling these guys out and saying, this guy did this, this guy did that, this guy did this, showing you that these guys are working hard, these guys are doing what they're supposed to do to become better athletes on the field. They're taking care of their bodies, whether that's, getting in the cool, uh, in, in the hot tub or getting in the, uh, the ice ice tub or getting a massage or uh, uh, working out, lifting weights. All that stuff factors in. Sports science is big uh, in today's sports whether it's baseball, basketball, football, whatever it is and you have to put uh, the time in. And as far as our defense coordinator, I'm high on the team being good this year because of our defense and um, I, I just want us to be attackers and from what I'm getting from coach uh, us hunting on defense that term he used, that Cody he used um, I want to be not passive and I feel like the last because ever since Collins left and we know everybody loved Jeff Collins uh, he left and went to Temple and then Georgia Tech and we kind of wanted him again when uh, uh, Pressure Tony went to the NFL it was like can we get Collins back? He's free, he's free um, this guy gives me that same vibe where we can have that type of defense where we're attacking on defense. We're not sitting back past them and letting offense dictate to us, but we're dictating to the offense and making them uncomfortable. And that's what I'm about as far as being on defense, especially a Florida defense. I want the opposing offense to feel uncomfortable. And to me, that is what uh, Armstrong is preaching. We're going to make them uncomfortable. We're going to make them feel us. We're going to hunt as 11 Uh, 11 guys running to the football, and I love that as a former defensive player.
2: Yeah, uh and to credit something you were talking about about the uh the coaches and you know like hockey brought in his own they brought in their a speed coach like that's something we've never had done here but something else I want to make sure we give credit to is the facilities. The facilities have made this so much better for these guys too, man. The, the brand new weight room, huge weight room the cryotherapy, the, the, all the different things that these kids now have available to them is it, you know, it seems like these guys are much more excited now just to work out and to do the things they need to do to transform their bodies. Um, So, you know, that's, it's, it's really cool to see. You're not just seeing baby oil pictures out there on the timeline. You're, you're seeing results through different metrics like Billy was bringing up. Uh, CJ, Let's shift gears a little bit. Day one of practice, what's, what's the one story that comes out? John Johnson had two pick sixes on day one of practice. Gator Nation was like, cool, who threw those picks? <laughs> CJ, why is it not a that big of a deal who threw picks on day one of, of, of training camp?
0: Everybody's going to throw interceptions in training camp. It just happens. What you're you're running one on ones, double moves. These were in seven on seven opportunities, right? So I mean, it's not like you know these guys aren't. They're not running super difficult routes. They're you know the defense knows what you're running. They they know what's going on. It's not hard. I will say this: if anybody like doesn't, they got to give DeZon Johnson some credit. He's a freshman. He hasn't played here. He hasn't played with any of these guys. And a lot of times, you know, as a freshman, you come in, you're kind of timid. You don't want to step on any toes. And the way to step on somebody's toes is to intercept the quarterback. And he didn't care. He said, I'm here. I'm going to play. He plays like he'd been here the whole time. He's not messing around. He's not a guy that you're going to have to wait two or three years on to see him play. You know, D. John Johnson said, I want to play now, and I'm going to show you what I can do so that that's one thing you should be positive about as opposed to oh my god who threw the interceptions i don't care it it doesn't it doesn't matter especially not week one of camp now if we get to week three or week four of camp and they're just out here you know giving them away like candy bars then (laughs) then we could talk but like week one they're running seven on sevens the defense knows what you're running um you know, people slip, people fall. You know, it's just—it's just ridiculous. You know, and I get people who say, "Well, I think we have a right to know who who threw the interceptions." Just, sure, you do. Good for you. You know, just poo poo on Graham Mertz some more. You've done nothing but poo poo on him since he got here because you don't like him or you—you you wanted somebody else that, you know, that you don't—you don't—you know, you don't want to trust what the staff has done. And that's fine. That's fine, but I hope a lot of you get to eat some crow in the season. You know, for all these things you said about Graham Mertz, and um, hopefully we can get to your tweets before they get deleted um, <laughs> when he starts playing well. Because uh, I'm going to, I'm going to come after some people.
2: I'm going to try Dude. to get Graham Mertz on the show to read mean tweets. That's yeah, that's,
0: we, that's, that's that's what we need.
2: <laughs> no, um, all seriousness, guys. I I do understand. Don't don't get me wrong. I understand it. There's a concern about Graham Mertz. He has a history of throwing bad interceptions and this, that, and the other. He also had a history of playing in a really crappy offense. But with with not probably, he probably hadn't had a skill player as good as Andy Jean since he's been at Wisconsin. And and maybe I'm wrong. Somebody will probably say so and so played at Wisconsin and he was really good. And I apologize if I'm shorting that young man's ability in any way, shape, or form. All I'm saying just like c j said this was these were seven on seven drills graham Mertz did throw one of those interceptions and max brown threw the other one now a lot of people call him, want max brown to be the quarterback but but you know i mean it's just this is what happens we watched d j lagway go out to elite eleven on a seven on seven and 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 play like crap that last day and his rod receivers were tired and there were reasons for that it's just I, I look at things differently. Tell me how we're doing on day 14, day 15, you know, and and then maybe we'll have some concern because that's something that people were saying about AR last year. And a lot of people didn't want to hear was that he was a lot of inaccuracies going into week two, week three. Oh, they'd have a scrimmage. Well, he was like, you know, five. It was like 50 percent. On his accuracy in a in a scrimmage, and people were like, "Oh, he'll be, he's a gamer. He'll be all right." And then you saw in a game, you know, he'd have those games where he was 50-50. So just let it unfold, guys. Let, let's get past first week. Wes, what you want to add to this?
1: Just thirty seconds. You know who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? His name is Patrick Mahomes. You know who threw a pick? Never in, heard of him. He threw a picking cap. You know who's the best quarterback in college football? Caleb Williams. You know who threw a pick? Caleb Williams. You know who our last quarterback that was the best quarterback in, in the last five years? Kyle Trask. You know who threw picks in spring practice? First Kyle Trask. First, first, So they're going to throw picks. To CJ's point, if it's, if they're giving them away in a couple weeks now, if, they're throwing, if he's throwing five picks in his scrimmage, then that's a problem. Yes. But every quarterback, yes. no matter how elite he is, is gonna throw picks in spring practice in training camp. For one, they try stuff to say can Andy Jean, Caleb Douglas, uh Kyle Pitts, could they, can they make this th- can they make this catch if I throw it here? Or am I reading this read right? If I got cover two and or quarters coverage, or uh if they wanted a uh, man's own uh, cover match, they, they they they're trying things at first to see. If the players can make plays of my read, can I get to my second read? Okay, that's not going to work in the game because if they're running cover two and I try to get to my second read on this particular coverage, that's not going to work. You have to see those things in practice to see if I can get to that second read and it's not going to work. Those are the nuances of the game that quarterbacks have to go through in training camp because you'd rather they do it now and learn, I can't do that in the game, than, learn, than try to do it in the game. So just be, just be
2: calm, relax, patience. Uh, everybody. Something else, just to add to it. And and guys, if you're the one concerned, I'm not trying to just personally down you. I'm just saying, just have a little faith in it because nobody sat there and said, who ran the route? Maybe the receiver ran the wrong route. Maybe he turned around when he wasn't supposed to turn around. I mean, you just don't know. That's that's the that's the whole detail of it. We're not people, there slip. people slip,
0: people yeah. slip and fall. Yeah, and, you
2: just don't know what the whole scenario was. Or maybe Dejon Johnson is just that damn good and picked her out. I mean, like, who knows? It, yeah, we watched
0: Mertz throw a really nice flag route, you know, to, and, to, to Ricky, to Ricky Pearsall.
2: Yeah. He dropped I, it right yeah.
0: in the bucket, gave him room to run under it. He didn't, he didn't lead him too far out of the sideline. He made a beautiful play. It was a pretty pass. I don't need Graham Mertz to throw 50, 60-yard footballs. All game.
2: I, I need him. I need him to be a game manager. Right. I'll be very honest with you. Um, I just, I just like I said, guys. If if you're a guy that that sits there and like, oh man, that concerns me. I'm not trying to tell you how to how to be a fan. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, just have a little patience and let's get to week two before we start pressing a panic button on anything. These guys are just getting warmed up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you don't ask the pitcher to to go cold out of the bullpen and go out there and and strike out the batter. I right? you know it's it just just give it a week, give it two weeks, and let's start seeing. You know, let's get a, at least the first scrimmage report before we start hitting yeah. the panic button on some of these guys.
1: But, About stacking these, being consistent,
2: Stack. yeah. Well, and and once again, Graham Mertz is a quarterback. I don't. I know there's.
1: Unless he's injured.
2: There's a fake controversy out, or a fake competition out there somewhere, but Graham Mertz is a quarterback. And from what I've seen just in some videos. It's good. He He's, it's not really close. Max Brown looked better to me in just, but there you go. It's a short sample. I mean, you don't know. I mean, out of a hundred passes, Jack Miller might have, might have looked the best out of a hundred passes. Um, But just keep watching those practice reports right now while they're having, you know, the reporters can go to the practices and stuff like that. Whoever you may follow, whether it be Jacob Rudner or it be uh, Nick De La Torre and company and, you know, those guys over at own three. I don't support the company, but I certainly support those reporters. They're good guys. I don't have nothing against them. They're not sending out anti Florida tweets and things of that nature. Um, Guys, anything else from camp that stood out to y'all that y'all have seen in the in the first few days that you wanna you want to speak on? CJ?
0: Arlos Bordingham looks really good. Uh, they, they, that dude, that dude looks like he's gonna be a problem, um, which would be really good. Dante uh, Johnson Xanders has
2: slimmed down quite he a has, bit as he well. He has
0: lost a lot of weight. He looks really good. Um, there, there's a few of those guys that just look really good. Cameron Cameron Jackson looks really good. He's attacking well. Um, he's done some really nice stuff. Austin Barber looks really good from what I've heard in his drills. So uh there's some there's some positives on the team and Ricky Pearsall looks like Ricky Pearsall, which I don't think anybody um had a doubt. And Eugene is Andy Gene, of course. So Every there's day all-
2: when y'all lay down, y'all need to say a prayer for Ricky Pearsall's health. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure.
2: Uh Wes, any takeaways that you've seen?
1: No, nah, just continuing, like, uh, I'm just gonna echo what uh you just said. Praying for health not just him, but everybody, because I I don't I'm still as far as offense, D line I'm kind of good on the on, on the depth there, but our offensive line depth, I'm praying for that and and our receivers. I just want to see I, and with that clip I saw of Andy Gene, I I I have high hopes for Andy Gene because Andy Gene is going to get us Jeremiah Smith, whether we know it or not. I think Andy Gene is going to be the reason why we get Jeremiah Smith. I'm gonna echo that
2: again just just a few other little notes here uh i know some of y'all might have already seen this and if you have you know just add some context uh eugene wilson has started off in a non-contact jersey he's got a little tightness in his hamstring yes i know he was squatting 700 pounds the other day on on twitter and all that stuff you know i'm i'm sure the coaches have probably already spoken to them about that if that is an issue uh Micah Mazzucca is out there practicing non-contact jersey. looks like he's right on schedule to be ready, um, you know, barring no setbacks and, and whatnot. It looks like he may be – he's been running with the first team offensive line. You know, obviously they're not in full pads, but he's got non-contact jersey on. As of right now, it looks like, as of today, the starting offensive line, if you haven't heard already, is is Barber at left tackle, Mazuka at, le- at left, Kingsley at center, obviously. Um, Leonard at right guard and, and George at right tackle. I mean, that's a fairly solid group. Obviously, we've, we've heard the stories of how sold Nick Saban was on George. Um, so Richie Leonard shown flashes. Hopefully, you know, that young man steps his game up with the right coaching and development. And we talked about Kingsley a couple of weeks back while West was on vacation I I centered on him as one of my most important guys for this season I mean he's he's got to bring this offensive line together he's got to be the leader so um and as CJ mentioned you know Cam Jackson Banks Desmond Watson if you see a picture of those three guys standing anywhere near each other you can't even see the rest of the field or anything else because those guys are going to eclipse the sun. Um, It's going to be a very, very different defensive line than we've seen the last few years for the Florida Gators Uh, depth rotational pieces that we haven't had. Justice Boone has looked really good. Uh, Word is SAP has looked really good so far. Now, granted guys, like we said, we're we're not running a full pad. So everything's a grain of salt right now, but there's a lot of things to be encouraged about right now. So, Let's get through week one. Let's wish for the health of our players that they all get through the first week healthy, and we can move on to week two. We can get the pads put on, and um, man, it's gonna be here before you know it, guys. Just, just wish for health. Just pray for health. That's all I can continue to say, man. And uh, Billy really sounds like he knows where this thing is going, and and he's kind of kind of happy that everyone else doesn't know exactly what this team is about to bring to the table. And, and I like to hear that. CJ, anything you want to add before we get out of here this week? Uh,
0: no, just thank, thank you guys for always supporting us as creators. You got us over 2,000 Twitter, uh, excuse me, YouTube subscriptions, which is great. We really appreciate that. You guys are doing really good with the pot of the people being posted uh, through podcast format. I know it's easier on some of you. Some of you listen to us while you make your commutes to work and you're on the road and things like that. So I'm glad to see you guys are taking to that. Uh, join the Facebook group. Uh, follow us on X <laughs> or Twitter, whatever you like, want to call
2: it. What is X?
0: Uh, follow us on, on Twitter. I guess we'll still call it Twitter until, until X. X going to give it to you? X going to give it to you. Um, but thank you guys so much. Uh, check out our friends at Alma Mater. We'll post the link down below. we got a sweet new uh, black uh, hat with the rope, the golf hat, kind of similar to the white one we oh, showed Oh, the hat. Yeah. With babe. the – Pell logo on the hat which looks really nice so check that out over there uh, you better get it now because it's probably not going to be around long I think people are going to buy that especially with the blackout uniforms coming this fall so uh, thank you guys so much for, for doing that for us uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from them check out the hat of course for the giveaway uh, we enjoy doing these giveaways just leave a like, comment, and subscribe uh, do all three of those things you're entered in the contest we'll give it away at the end of the, uh, end of the month uh, to whoever gets that so Good luck to you guys. Uh thank you again for always supporting us. We really appreciate it week in and
1: week out.
2: Yes, sir. Wes, take us home, man. If if you can breathe. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to
1: breathe. I'm breathing through my mouth. It is killing me over here. Mouth breather. Hey guys, as those guys are new, we thank you guys for all the support. Our numbers will continue to grow. Uh we love it. We love giving you guys uh information and our perspective. We uh, thank you guys the team, to support our part of the people as well. We know you, a lot of you guys listen to us uh, our main podcast, but also check that one out as well. That drops on Friday night, early Saturday mornings. Uh, and hey, football is actually tomorrow. Uh, watch some NFL tomorrow night uh, or tonight if you listen to this on Thursday. I think Cleveland and Jets play the uh, NFL Hall of Fame game. So uh, nice. check that out. And. <laughs> As always, go Gators. And I, um, if you guys got some videos that you want me to submit, I've been doing the little throwback videos, and you guys have been really liking those. So uh, you got a video you might want me to get. That's uh, on our probably. Facebook
2: group, guys, yeah. just so you know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, Thank so you so me. much to everyone that's joined the Facebook group as well. I know CJ mentioned that, but it is really, really growing by leaps and bounds. We have a nice little uh, group chat that we do on there where we talk – recruiting and things of that nature and i'm sure it's about to shift probably to more football talk than recruiting talk but yeah. really enjoy all engaging with all of you guys some of you guys have been down since day one and you you know you're still going and we appreciate it so much guys yeah. thank you as always we'll catch you next week go gators go gators go gators, go gators.